President Donald Trump signed an executive order yesterday establishing the Presidential Commission on Election Integrity to examine alleged improper voting and voter suppression in federal elections. Trump has claimed without proof that his opponent won the popular vote last year because of voter fraud, saying that millions of people who weren't eligible to vote, particularly undocumented immigrants, cast ballots. We are going to protect the integrity of the ballot box, and we are going to defend the votes of the American citizens. So important. Many top Democratic and civil rights leaders have charged that the effort to clamp down on alleged voter fraud is intended to suppress voter turnout among minorities, the poor, and the elderly by putting up new barriers to voting. Trump has named Vice President Mike Pence as chairman of the commission and Chris Kobach, the Kansas Secretary of State, known for advocating for the strictest voter ID laws in the country, as vice chairman. Joining us are election law experts Nate Persley, professor at Stanford Law School, and Richard Brafault, professor at Columbia Law School. Nate, you were the research director on the Presidential Commission on Election Administration after the 2012 election. Tell us about any real evidence of widespread voter fraud. Well, there isn't widespread evidence of voter fraud. There are uh, any number of irregularities in our election system um, uh, coming from, you know, machines that don't work, voters who are uh, wrongly put on the register uh, registration rolls, dead people on the rolls, people who move. So there are all kinds of problems with our election administration system, but there is no widespread evidence of fraud. Rich, this commission is being billed by the White House, at least, as a bipartisan commission. There are at least two Democrats on it. Uh, what do you think? Is, it, is this going to be an even-handed look at America's election laws? Well, it's not really being set up that way. Uh, as, as Nate did knows his experience, Nate was the research director of the last major commission that looked into the election administration system in the U.S. Typically, these commissions have two chairs, and one is a prominent senior Democrat, and one is a prominent senior Republican. So there was the, the Carter-Baker, or Baker-Carter, Jimmy Carter and James Baker, the Republican Secretary of State, the one that Nate was on, uh, the Bauer Ginsburg. They were the top election lawyers of their two different parties. This is one of the top two figures of both Republicans. Uh, the vice president, Mike Pence, is the chair, and I believe Chris Kobach is supposed to be the vice chair. And he, not only is he a partisan, but he has taken a very um, a strident advocacy position on a lot of election issues. So there may be some Democrats on the commission. I think the full membership has not been announced, but it is certainly um, not being set up in the the bipartisan way that past co commissions that have looked into election-related issues have been. Nate. We know that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said in February that no federal money should be spent investigating voter fraud. Doesn't the commission need professional staff with experience dealing with election administration and resources to examine any credible evidence? I mean, don't you need to put money into this commission? They will put money into the commission. I mean, I've looked at the executive order, and it you know suggests that they'll have all the support from the General Services Administration. And Chris Kobach went on the air last night and said that uh, their plan is to match up the voter lists with uh, other lists that the federal government has about green card holders and other um, citizenship databases in order to see how many non-citizens and ineligible voters are on the rolls and may have voted in the last election. And so this will actually be a relatively expensive effort as these things go. I mean, we, the presidential commission that I served under, um, actually was, was uh, 
very frugal. I think, uh, I mean, it was less than half a million dollars we ended up spending, and that was mainly just to have hearings around the country. Uh, so uh, th- this commission, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real research effort if they undertake a real research effort. One thing I would also note is that there's no um, concluding date for the commission. So this commission could be there for a while, perhaps looking into what happens in the 2018 election as well. Rich, uh, which is about 30 seconds right now, but what's the scope of this commission? Is it going to look into allegations of vote suppression as well as allegations of, of voter fraud? That is certainly not in the mandate or the charge. The, the, the mandate is all about election fraud and voter integrity, improper voter registration and improper voting. I think if you wanted to, you could squeeze it in because the mission talks about looking at pra- rules and practices that enhance the, people, the American people's confidence and the integrity of the electoral system and that uh, undermine it. And you could argue that vote suppression devices undermine the integrity. So if somebody really wanted to, to push for it, looking at, at those at voter suppression issues, they, it could be fitted within. But the overall tenor of the, the mission and the key terms in it all seem to be focused on concerns about um, voting registration and, and voting by people who should not be voting as opposed to mechanisms that make it harder for people who are entitled to vote to actually vote. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, what about the timing of this commission? And the ACLU has filed a Freedom of Information Act request seeking information that the Trump administration is using as the basis for its voter fraud claims go. We're talking with two experts in election law, Nate Persley, professor at Stanford Law School, and Richard Brafault, professor at Columbia Law School, about President Donald Trump's Presidential Commission on Election Integrity. Nate, as I said, there were many Many top Democrats who came out with statements and civil rights leaders charging that this is an effort to uh, really to suppress voter turnout among minorities, the poor and the elderly by putting up new barriers to voting, such as voter IDs. Would a federal commission be able to do that? The commission itself won't be able to pass any laws, but it will um make recommendations, uh, perhaps of federal legislation. The commission I served under, we made recommendations principally to the states because that's where most election law is created. And so uh, that was what uh, we viewed as our goal and and really tried to focus on the best practices from the states so that we could uh, improve election administration and performance. But let let me just, we, we have to pull away the veneer a little bit with this executive order and this commission, which is that we have to remember that this is reverse engineering in order to justify a tweet that happened in the wake of President Trump's loss of the popular vote. And so these people are appointed and uh, their mission is to justify the idea that three to five million illegal votes were cast in the last election. And so you can't rip this commission out of that context, especially when the vice president is leading it and he has said that, that he believes that to be true already. Is the timing of this suspicious? Many people are saying that it's timed to to take attention away from the Comey firing and the FBI. I don't think it has in some ways. I, I could see two stories in that regard. One is that it's attempt to distract from the Comey investigation. The other is uh, the Comey investigation uh, is distracting from this. And so you sort of slip it in at the same time uh, that everyone's preoccupied with that. I, I don't think um, it's distracting from everything happening uh, with Comey, at least if you look at the front pages today. This is really below the fold. Um, and, you know, this is something that's going to be going on and on over the next few years uh, as they um, – appoint new members and investigate the claims of voter fraud. 
Well, speaking of appointing new members and actually putting a commission together, Rich, we have a commission here that doesn't really have any, you know, a full complement of members or a staff or anything else. And so it's not clear who's going to end up on this. Is there any possible, what do you think the possibilities are that, you know, Democrats and independent election experts would be willing to serve on this commission, given the suspicion, given the suspicions a lot of them have about it? It's hard to say. I mean, part of the, the fact, the very fact that it was rushed out like this does sort of give credence to the idea that maybe <clears throat> there was an attempt to distract from the, the, the Comey affair. After all, the commission is not ready. And the, the, the White House, the president's been talking about doing something like this for months. Why now, uh, when it's not even fully done? In terms of people joining up, it's hard to say. I mean, on the one hand, it, it sort of it, it, it sort of um, resonates with all of the statements people have been making since November about how valuable it would be for high-quality people uh, to join the Trump administration and to contribute their expertise and their knowledge and their you know their commitment to standards. We saw what happened with Mr. Rosenstein uh, trying to do that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there the, the sense that this is clearly a facade that this is a, a veiled device designed to, uh, both as Nate suggests, to give some kind of um, support for the idea that there were millions of illegal votes cast, and then maybe going beyond that to give to provide a program uh, to make it tougher, for, to add new restrictions on voting going forward. I mean, the commission itself doesn't have the power to do it, but it has the bully. It could have the bully pulpit. Um, it's, you know, I'm sure they, w they would want to add some people who are not uh, uh, diehard Republicans to make it look more legitimate, but it's not clear that it ever will be legitimate. Nate, what's your reaction to the ACLU filing a Freedom of Information Act request seeking information that the Trump administration is using as the basis for its voter fraud claims? Well, I see that mainly as a strategic uh, device in order to highlight the fact that they don't have the evidence that there's three to five million uh, illegal votes cast in the election. Realize that if that had been the level of illegal voting in the last election, the voter turnout among the undocumented population would have rivaled that of citizens. And so it's not as if, um, you, know, you know, if you had hordes of illegal voters uh, flooding the polling place, you would have had a much higher voter turnout than we had in this election, and you would have been able to see it uh, left and right. And so I see this, the ACLU's attempt here, as well as future attempts that people are going to lodge under the Federal Advisory Committee Act, just a way to try to keep this commission in check and to continue and needle it uh, in order to justify its mission. Rich, given those kinds of efforts and the fact that we don't have a commission put together yet, um, if you had to predict how long the commission's work is going to take, how long would it be? It really is unpredictable. I mean, they, it's, it's, they don't have a full commission. They don't have a staff. The vice president is chairing it, and he has other things to do. They do have a very activist and very determined uh, vice chair, uh, Chris Kobach, the Kansas Secretary of State, and he may want to push it pretty hard. You know, I'm. It's hard to say. I mean, I think any any number I give would be totally made up. Um, you know, presumably it'll be. I mean, as Nate points out, they might actually even want to wait to pass the 2018 election. They might want to come out sometime next year uh, with the idea that maybe to, to uh, press Congress to pass some restrictive measures uh, that would make it hard for people to vote in federal elections. It's just impossible to tell. Thank you both for being. 
for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Richard Rafal, professor at Columbia Law School, and Nate Persley, professor at Stanford Law School, both election law experts. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, we're going to be talking about the Fire Music Festival. It was on an exclusive island in the Bahamas. It was billed as a luxury experience from start to finish. But it finished before it started, and there's a $100 million lawsuit filed saying it was more like the Hunger Games. We're going to speak to the plaintiff's attorney in that. And later in the show, we're going to be talking about the EU commissioner of antitrust and how she has built a reputation, a sort of a star's reputation in Europe. That's coming up on Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso with Michael Best and Greg Storr. You've been listening to Bloomberg. Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg.